You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. I'm excited. Good morning. Good morning. All right. 11 o'clock. They're alive. You're you're alive. 9 o'clock was like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah. I want to tell you good morning. Welcome to Renew Life Church. Um, My name is Kyle Doan. I'm the Young Adults Pastor here at Renew Life Church in Midland. And I'm really honored to be before you today. Um, It's exciting for me to get a chance to share with you. And uh, I'm praying it goes well. I'm trying to shake it off. Um, uh, uh, My wife, Sarah, and I have uh, been a part of Renew Life. We've been coming uh, to this fellowship in this church for um, just under three years. And... uh, Man, we love it. It's so awesome. And we love it because of you. It's, it's such a great place. And um, Sarah and I, well, so here's Sarah. Sarah, wave at everybody. That's my wife, Sarah. Uh, Sarah and I have been married for a little over three years. Uh, we have two wonderful children. We have a daughter, uh, Lucy. She's two years and some change. And a son, Jack. He's about eight months old. And uh, they're awesome. They're our joy. They keep us up at night. And um, we... Uh, I work here uh, part-time at the church. My full-time gig is a general contractor. I work with my father here in Midland, um, building houses, and that's really basically the basics about me. That's pretty much it. Um, I just wanted to tell you that it's an honor for me to be here, and, and today, if, if you would allow me, I would like the chance to just share some of my story with you. Uh, many of you don't know me. I've never been up here in this capacity before, and I just want to share a little bit about what God has done in my life, and really, it's honestly, it's just testimony, but here's the caveat, and here's what I think makes it uh, come alive, is that the, the Word of God, the truth of God, has been attached to my story, and it's what makes my story fruitful and impactful, and I want to share that with you today, if you would allow me. I really want the chance to just give you a glimpse of the life that He has infused inside of me, and it's life that I have, I have prayed for, I've tried, I've tested, I've experienced, I've believed, I've received, and it's come from him. And my main goal today is just to impart that back and just show you that if you allow him and you, you, you make way for him, he'll change you. He'll give you something. And uh, that's, that's a little bit of what I want to do today. In fact, if you're taking notes and you want to write something down, the title of this message is, He Gets My Yes. He gets my yes, and that's what I want to explore with you today. In fact, let's, let's pray before we begin. I just want to ask the Lord to help me calm down. Lord, I just thank you so much for this time. I thank you for this moment. Lord, help me. Come on. You want to say what you want to say, so I give you the room. And I thank you, God, that you are good, and you are holy, and I receive, I receive the strength right now, Lord Jesus. Help us. Holy Spirit, have your way amongst the hearers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, thank you. So, okay, where do we begin? Uh, It was late August, I was a fat baby. Uh, No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm joking, I'm not gonna do that. I saw some of your faces like, oh my gosh, from the very beginning. Um, I I am from the Permian Basin, Permian Basin, and uh, I was born and raised in Odessa. Uh, My parents moved our family over to Midland when I was in junior high. Actually, my parents came to Midland uh, in search of a school opportunity for myself and my two younger sisters. In fact, one of my sisters is here today. And um, we ended up graduating uh, high school from Midland Classical Academy. 
uh, while we were in, oh, well, hey. and while we were in high school, uh, my family helped plant a church called Stonegate Fellowship on the north side of town. Um, and uh, I grew up in a Christian home uh, that was a, a normal Christian home. But the the caveat, the thing that I think is really powerful, is that in my in our home, we valued the Word of God, and that changed some things. It. You know, my parents, they stayed together. They remain together today. And their love for one another and their desire to, to, to stay husband and wife really gave me a foundation for success in my life. And I don't say that lightly. Honestly, I, I know that before me in this room, there are many, even most, that have come from blended families or broken families or you deal with divorce. And, and I don't talk about my situation in order to diminish anyone else's. I just want to honor what my family chose to do, what my parents chose to do. They chose to fight for one another and to love one another. And you know what that did? It changed my life. It gave me something to stand upon that was not shaky and that, that propelled me forward. In fact, it gives me the desire to stay with my wife and to continue to fight for the things. So uh, that wasn't in here. That's just for free. But I just want you to know that I really want to honor what uh, my parents did because they, they pushed truth into me. You know, they didn't, worry about, they didn't worry about hurting my feelings with the truth. They gave it to me and they made an investment in their son. Both of them, respectively, from their, for them, from their individual roles, they, they took the opportunity to, to put something into me and the investment was this. It's, it breaks up into two little pieces. It's, the Lord wants me, and the Lord wants to use me, okay? Now, I don't know if they specifically ever said those exact words, but that's what I gleaned from them. That's what I received Every, in, in, in our home because it was a home that was peaceful and it was a home that was focused on Jesus. I knew that the Lord wanted me, and I knew that the Lord wanted to use me. And it wasn't until a little later on when I really got into the Word that I found these truths, but I want to share them with you today. first one's in Mark chapter 3, verse 13. It's just a simple verse, but it says this. He went up on the mountain and summoned those whom he himself wanted, and they came to him. This is Jesus. This is at the very onset of his ministry. He picked 12 guys, and he said, hey, I want to hang out with you. And I look at this verse, and I go, if it's true for them, it's true for me. He wants to be with me. It's very simple. Who he wanted to be with. And that, that, that does something in me. That, that helps my identity. Do you know what I'm saying? That he values me. That he chooses to be affiliated with me. That he, searches, he seeks my allegiance to him. And that was just the first part. That he wanted me and he wanted to be with me. But the second part is that he wanted to use me. And I have a funny verse for you. Check this out. This is in Luke 19, 31. It says, uh, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. All right, let me give you a context. Jesus is about to make his triumphant entry, almost died there, triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And he's going to do this, this very specific entrance the week of his death. And it's all to fulfill prophecy that's been spoken about him for hundreds of years beforehand. And one of those prophecies is that he's going to ride on the back of a donkey that's never been written on. I know that sounds weird, but that's just, the, that's just what it was, okay? I didn't make it up. It's in the Bible. And literally, his disciples are like, well, that's going to be tough because we don't have any animals. And he's like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go into town. You'll find one tied up, untie it, and bring it to me. And they're like, well, what happens if somebody says, what are you doing? And he said this, 
if someone asks you why you're doing it, you tell them the Lord needs it. And I know this is a tiny detail, and you may think that this is kind of obscure, and it also compares me to that of a hee-haw, you know what I'm saying? Which is fine. I've been called a jack wagon before, but I'm telling you, I, I, I see myself in this. I see that right here the Lord is speaking to me that he leaves no stone left unturned in his kingdom. He has a plan for my life. He desires to untie me because he has need of me. And I'm telling you right now, this is true across this room. Can you imagine? I mean, think of it, that word need, that's, that's a big word. Think about it. The God of this universe, he wants to need me. And those two things, that he wants to be with me and he wants to use me, those were ingrained in my heart and I attached the truth of God's word to him and I went, you know what? This is beautiful. This is who I am. And you know what? It crushes any other false identity. It dismisses the lies of Satan. Who is a loser? Who is a loser? He has no authority to tell me who I am because I've already been told and I've already been selected. And I want you to hear that today. Since I was young, I've been, I've been brought up by people that truly cared for me, like people that pushed these principles into me. My parents, I, I have a list here. Ben, uh, uh, Brad and Lindsey Fogarty, Ron Miller, Jeremy Bowens, Dusty Thompson, John Snell, Mark and Carrie Dingler, and many, many more. And none of these names mean much to you, but they mean a lot to me because it was godly men and women who said, hey, come here, let me talk to you for a second. Let me share something with you. They took me under their wing. If it was for a season, if it was for a moment, if it was for a sentence, it was just their opportunity to tell me what the angel of the Lord told Gideon and to call that which was not as if it was and say, hey, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior, stand up. And that, that declaration over my life, it changed who I am. It allowed me to, to trust God's word. It allowed me to identify with what he says about me and accept his promises. And I'm telling you today, I, I want to be someone who stands before you as a son of this house, as a brother, even as a father to a few. He wants you. He wants to be with you. Everyone in this section, everyone in the, everyone, he wants you, he desires you, he has need of you. Why do you think you, you look like him? Why do you think you sound like him? Why do you think he gave you the unique and talent that he gave to you, that unique gift? It's because he wants to use it for his kingdom. Do you accept that? Are you willing to give your yes to that? Because that's what it's about today. That's what, I, that's what changed my life. I gave my yes to that declaration that he wants me and he has need of me. And I'm telling you, you can do the same thing today. Whether you've already done it before or you've never done it, today it's available. He loves you, he knows you, he sees you, he, has, he wants you, he has need of you. I want you to accept that. Don't leave it just hanging in the air, please. Take it with you. It's literally free. Take it with you. Come on, Lord, help us out today. When I was 15, I gave my life to Jesus. It was at a youth camp, all right? Good old youth camp. 
where the food is crappy <laughs> and the cabins are hot, but you know what? Jesus shows up, right? And um, I remember that moment. I remember just this awakening of, of who I am. I, I, I need him. I absolutely need him. And I, the Holy Spirit deposited life inside my chest. I came alive, and I knew that my life was going to operate in a different way. I knew that I had to look through a different filter. I wanted to serve God. I really did. At 15, I was like, this is, this is legit. This means something to me. And uh, I don't know, it was hard, <laughs> to be honest. I wasn't great at it. <laughs> uh, I had another experience when I was 17. It was at a youth camp, again, and, uh, which are, they're really important. They work, you know. There's something, there's something valuable there. But I was at this youth camp. It was actually in Sol Ross, at Sol Ross University in the auditorium in Alpine, Texas. There was this, there was this moment. I remember laying on my face because the presence of God was so heavy in that room. It was like tangible. You could feel the weight of it. And the speaker was going. He was just getting after it. He was shucking corn. He was, he was just laying it down thick. And I'm telling you, he was making declarations of God's love over all the students there, me included. And it was changing us. It was wrecking us. And I knew that I had to, I had to respond to this somehow. And he was, he, was, he was just rolling, and it was coming off the tongue. And he said something like this. He said, um, right here, right now, students, if you are willing to give him your future, if you're willing to give him your yes... Then, and he just, he was like searching for the words. He was like trying to figure out what exactly he would say next. And he just, he just goes, then you could bet there's a storm brewing outside, right? And he just declared that really loud. And everybody was like, oh, right? And uh, I actually like, I actually thought in my brain as he was saying that, like he's talking about a spiritual storm. You know, he's talking about like God, you know, moving towards us and he's going to catch us up and we're just going to go with him and it's going to be great. Camp's going to be awesome. And I thought that like, as he's saying it, you know, your brain moves fast, but you know what really happened? What really happened is he said, you better bet there's a storm brewing outside and a massive peal of thunder just went outside. It shook the room. It rattled the chairs. Everybody was like, okay, okay, you know, and they're just like, it was just like over, you know, and we were like, God is real, you know, and he was even like, you know, like, just couldn't believe it, and and it, it was literally God saying, I'm here. Who wants, who wants to join the team, you know, and listen, he's done that in this room, He's done that here in this house. And I'm not trying to limit him. I'm not saying he has to be drastic and dramatic every time he speaks to us. The Bible says he's in the still, small voice. But I'm telling you, at that moment, he wanted my attention. He got it. And maybe that's the same moment for you right here, right now. The best I could come up with, the best I could say at that moment was, I'll be a minister for you for my whole life, you know? That's all I could think. That's all I could get out of my mouth. I'm like, God, I can't get lower to the ground. I'll just do whatever you want me to do. I'll serve. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And it wasn't until, I don't know, a few years later that it really, I really started to understand what that really meant. And the word of God had to actually attach itself to that part of my testimony and draw out what really mattered. 
just like those two verses I shared with you about how he wants us and how he has need of us, in the same way, I found these verses. This is in Exodus chapter 33. I want to show you this. It starts in verse 9. Whenever Moses entered the tent, this is talking about the tent of meeting, the tabernacle where God's presence would dwell with his people in Israel, uh, as they walked through the wilderness. He says, when he entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. Like you could physically see it. Like I physically heard him, you know. And the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw that pillar of cloud, they would also come out of their tents and they would stand and worship. It was a big deal. Everyone saw it. It wasn't like just one person made it up. And, and the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, he would stay, he was a young man, he would stay at that tent because he just wanted more of God's presence. Listen to this. Then Moses said to the Lord, see God... You, you say to me, look at this, this is a, you say to me, lead these people, bring these people up. But you yourself have not exactly told me how I'm supposed to do that. And who's going to go with me to help me do this thing that you've called me to do? Do you see it? You see what he's saying? He's like pleading, like I, I need some help. And he, and he says, moreover, listen to this, you've also said that I, Moses, that you've known me by my name, and you've also found favor. I found favor in your sight, right? I, I'm, I'm pleasing to you, and I understand that. Look, he says, now then, if I am really pleasing to you, please let me know your ways so that I may know you. Help me, help me reciprocate. He's literally saying, and, and, and that I may find favor in your sight. Consider to this that this nation is your people. It's not my people. It's who you chose. It's who you love. So help me help you, you know what I'm saying? Like, help me help you. And he's, he's, he says this to God, and God responds to him. He says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you the rest that you need, the peace that you need. And that was enough for Moses, and he responded, if your presence doesn't go with us, then don't lead us up from there. This is what's, he's literally, it's, it's just like a conversation. It's just a real conversation, because this really happened, and Moses was really a dude, <laughs> who was confused and, help, and he needed help. But he's saying, listen, I know what you're saying, God. I know you're saying that I am chosen and I know that you're trying to get me to, to join you in this assignment. Will you help me? Will you help me? Help me give me, help me give you my yes. I need the revelation. I need something from you. I want to give you the yes. Help me do it. That was, that's where I, that was difficult for me, okay? 15, I got saved. 17, had this radical experience, and I knew I wanted to serve God. I knew I wanted to do all these things with him, but I didn't know how, you know? Just like Moses, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what you want me to do. And this is the most difficult part of my testimony because from 17, you know, on for a few years, you know, it was like a divide, there was like a divide inside of me and I couldn't even see it because my natural eyes couldn't perceive it. It's like, you ever like all of a sudden look up and you're like, oh, get on the road, you know? Like, oh, and you got a jerk back on. I don't know, you're looking at your phone, you're looking at the radio, you're looking at the kids, you're looking at shenanigans happening on the side, you know, rubbernecking or whatever, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, anybody? No? Okay, we got great drivers in here, okay. This is true. I literally saw this one time. I'm driving down the road. I look over in a parking lot, and there's two Mormon guys, the little missionary guys, you know, black pants, white shirt, name tag, backpack, you know. They're riding their bikes through a parking lot. They literally both at the same time, er, 
to a stop, throw their bikes down, and start trading punches to each other's face. I'm not lying. I was like, what? No, you know, like, you'll never know what you see. It doesn't take much to get off track, is my point. It doesn't take much to veer off course. Just a little bit of losing focus, and all of a sudden we're out of there, and... My walk with God from the age of 17 on was just, it was tough, and this is why. I was willing to give God my yes, but I had not given him access to empower that yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I'm ready, but I don't even know that what, what I'm really missing. And I'll tell you what that is, specifically, it's the Holy Spirit. Straight up. At this point in my story, I had given my life to Jesus and I had trusted him to save me. I knew the Father loved me. I knew that Jesus was my Savior. It's like I had all this head knowledge, but I didn't know the Holy Spirit at all. It was like God the Father, God the Son. You know, like I didn't have a relationship with that part of God because I just hadn't heard about it. And I'm not throwing shade on anybody that that tried to help me or, or, or my teachers beforehand. They just, it just wasn't talked about often with me. And so I didn't know what it was. I hadn't even actually taken time to read the promises that God had already put out to show me that they were there. When I was uh, in my late teens, when I was in my college years, I, I, I tried so hard to walk with God. I held fast to that, to that yes, and I, I wanted to do it, but I'm telling you right now, I was powerless in my life specifically in the area of sin. Seriously. You know, like I've, I've shared this before up here, but I was heavily addicted to pornography. I was pretty comfortable with lying and exaggerating the truth. I was I abused alcohol. I was steered easily by my lust and my, my search for pleasure in whatever situation, whatever category you want to imagine. It was, I, I was broken. And it didn't matter how hard I tried to just be good. You know, I just try so hard to be good. I try so hard to get, just get a little clean, you know, for just a minute. And the second that I did, I was immediately melted by the, the weight and the, the crushing disappointment of my shame and my guilt from the last thing I did wrong. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like I just couldn't escape it. And... Uh, what does this mean? Does this mean Jesus is not enough? You know, my salvation wasn't enough? No, that's not what it means. It means that I had stopped short of the process and the promise that God had offered to me. I just stopped short on it. I hadn't even read it. But when I was 21 years old, the Lord began to work on this in me. I was, uh, I was up in Lubbock. I graduated um, from Texas Tech, Reckham, and I uh, graduated a little early. I graduated in December of my senior year, and I was Dude, I was just a loser. I literally worked at a Mexican food restaurant. Not that that's bad, but I'm just saying, like, I literally just, I just went to work. I watched Sports Center. I went back to work, and then I went to sleep. And that was my purpose in life. I'd had an encounter with God. I knew he was real, and the best I could do was sometimes show up at church. Powerless. And in one moment, in one day, God cut through all that crap. And he just came and he, he shook me. And there's some crazy details there. I'll share that another time. But essentially what happened was he just moved me. 
not like up off the couch. I'm talking like I got in my car and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I just left, right? And it wasn't like out of the blue. It was literally what he asked me to do and it was what he set up. And I moved to Atlanta and I partnered up with my old mentor, Brad Fogarty. He began to disciple me and he began to teach me things soaked in the Holy Spirit. It changed my life. It made me something completely different. I want to share this with you real quick because this is the experience that I went through and this is what really changed me, all right? I want, to, I want to tell you, this is the truth that actually made my testimony come alive. Look at this, John chapter 20. This is, so it was evening on that day, the first day of the week. This is literally the day that Jesus rose from the grave, okay? I'm just giving you the context. This is where we're at. And the disciples were gathered up in a room where the doors were shut, and they were afraid of the Jews, and Jesus just, you know, he just showed up, and he stood amongst them, and he said, peace be with you. And they were they were ecstatic. They were freaking out. He showed them the holes in his hands. He showed them the holes in his side. And, he, and they just rejoiced. And he said, listen, peace be with you. The Father has sent me. I am also sending you. And when he said this, he, he breathed upon them. And he said these words, receive Holy Spirit. Dude, I wish I would have been there. I wish I would have just... It, it, you know, no one's trying to hand him a tic-tac in that moment. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, you know, just like, give it to me. I need that. That's the breath that brought somebody out of the grave. You know, I want that in my life. I'm telling you, that right there, that is my salvation experience, straight up. I was shown Jesus. I was shown his sacrifice for me, right? And then the breath of God made my dead man alive. And I received that life-giving spirit. But this is just the first step in a two-step process. And if you've never heard this before, I'm sorry. I'm trying to tell you right here, right now, this is the whole truth. Turn the page, two chapters, Acts chapter 1. This is the next part. This is what it says, verse 4 of Acts chapter 1. Gathering them together, this is Jesus, with the same disciples, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Remember I told you I was missing the promise? This is it. Which he said, you have heard from me, for John baptizes water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. This is the deal. I needed that part. I needed not just the Spirit inside of me. I needed the Spirit upon me in power to overcome the junk that was coming out of my life and to help me move my dead body into the direction that I was supposed to go. Do you see it? That's the whole truth. I'm telling you, this is the real gospel, and I've been missing it for a long time. And I'm 22 years old, and I'm laying on the ground, my face in the carpet, and it's just dawning on me, and it's coming alive, and I'm finally realizing this is what I have to have. Not just the spirit inside. I need him upon. I need to surrender completely. I need to give him my yes. Listen, I don't know why it took so long. I don't know why I had to go through the process I had to go through to get to that point, but maybe, maybe, maybe it's for you. So that I could stand before you 
on a day like today, and I could just say, hey, is your heart like burning on the inside? Is your spirit stirring on the inside? Have you ever thought, I wanna give him my yes. I, I even believe and I feel like I have in the past, but I still feel myself powerless against the things that overcome me. And I still feel I'm missing the purpose that I really wanted to have already. And I really believe it's for me. And I'm telling you right now, it's nothing has been for a waste. Nothing. Because God doesn't waste anything, but this is what he wants. And this is who he is. He is patient and he is kind and he desires you and he wants to fill you and clothe you. That's the whole gospel. That's what he gave Jesus, by the way. Do you know that? Jesus is born of a virgin, meaning he was born by the power of the Holy Spirit, meaning he was born without a seed of evil inside of him. He was born perfect. He had the Holy Spirit from birth, and it's in him the whole time. And you know what he does? Nothing until he's 30. And he goes down to the river, and he says, somebody's got to baptize me because the Holy Spirit's going to be upon me also. I'm sorry I'm getting fired up, but come on. If Jesus gets it and it's good enough for him, I want it. Do you? And why would we sell ourselves short? Why would we reject that? Why would we say, well, that's weird. I don't know what that's going to mean for me. I don't know what that's going to do. I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to light you up. It's going to make you look like him. Do you want that? Because I want that and I got it. And I'm not being arrogant. I'm saying he gave it to me. He put it in my chest and he bathed me with it. Thank God. It's... It's the, it's the Son and the Spirit. It's the truth and the power. It's the blood and the water. It's complete. It's not lacking in anything. Come on, Jesus. That made a difference in my life. That moment. And I'm saying this for real. Nothing was wasted. My 15-year-old experience was not wasted. My 17-year-old experience was not wasted. All the things I had to go through, not wasted. But when I'm 22, I get set on fire, and I'm going somewhere different, and I'm going to look different, and I'm going to be different, and I'm going to have power. And you know what? Those sins that easily entangled me before, they became less and less persuasive. They had less and less power until I broke free from some of them. I'm serious. I don't look at porn. I don't deal with that. I leave it alone and I stay away from it. And if it shows up, I run. Because I got the power of the Holy Spirit, y'all. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Goodness gracious. Look, praise God. Hey, it's not just right here. It's in the seat. It's in the seat with you. Come on. Do you want it? Open your mouth. Ask for it right now. Why you got to wait for me? I'm just a nobody. I'm just up here. Don't wait for me. Get him. Get him. Man, he just started changing my life. He started giving me purpose. He started changing my directions. Y'all, he made me a missionary. I'm serious. I went from waiting tables to living overseas. What? On January 1st, 2010, I literally had this prayer with God in the middle of the night. Hey, look, New Year, here we go. I give you my yes. I've done it before. He's been faithful. Here it is again. I give you my yes. I'll go wherever you want to go, even if it's a plane ticket. I'll do whatever. Here's the two stipulations. God, you got to pay for it. you got to tell him where to go. Amen. Hey, yeah. <laughs> man, I was, I was willing to be specific. You know what he did? Seriously, you know what he did? Five days later, he paid for it. 
anonymous check made out to me five figures. That's dumb. Why are you give me that much money? But it was God. Two months later, board of directors that, that, that helped govern my ministry, they were like, you know what? Let's go to Indonesia. Southeast Asia, y'all. <laughs> In May, I got on the plane. Since I've been 22 years old, I've just seen the Lord do so much. I'm talking thousands of healings. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not messing with you. Thousands of miracles. Thousands of people come to Jesus. I'm, de I'm dead serious. I've seen dozens, and I mean dozens of demons, real demons get cast out of people. Just like the Bible says. It's still real. It's still happening. You know why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit was right here. And he afforded me this unbelievable opportunity through his power to disciple people. Hundreds of people. High school students, college students, people that were older than me. I don't even know how. And he just does it because he's that good, because he's that. Look, this isn't Kyle Doan's stat sheet. I'm just trying to tell you, he is real. Real. And his gospel is not a joke. And his kingdom is the, the actual thing. Look, he took a nobody. He took a nobody, a lost, a wounded, broken, selfish, sinful, goofy West Texas boy, and he put him squarely, he put me squarely in the flow of the kingdom of God. If he can do it for me, come on, if he can do it for me, you know how much he loves you? You know how much he cares about you? You know what plans he's developed for your life? Do you not know? Has anyone not told you, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God? Boom. Now I want that. I want to give my yes to that. I'm asking you today, will you give your yes to something like that? This is the last part. I'm going to go fast. Better listen fast. When I was in Indonesia, I could literally only technically stay for six months at a time, just, you know, rules, you know, and I had to get out of there. So I come back to America, and, and with Brad, I helped develop a discipleship school that trained young people. We just told them about God's word and filled them up with the spirit and said, get after it, you know, and I, and I, I had this, I just had a great opportunity to do all these amazing things, and in the in the summers, we would run our school, and then in the late summer and the early fall, I would actually go out and, and serve on tours um, in the Christian music industry. I know it's wild and kind of like, what? You're a missionary and you roadie? <laughs> but this is what happened. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> my mom laughed too. It's crazy. So, I, uh, I'm, I'm in Wyoming. I'm 29 years old. I am dead asleep early in the morning and the Lord wakes me up. Well, that's not normal on a bus. If you've ever lived on a bus, you live in a coffin, you don't wake up. So I just, like all of a sudden, I'm like, ah. Oh. And he's like, hey, why don't you come, why don't you come spend some time with me? And I was perturbed a little bit. I wanted to sleep. If I'm being really honest, I was kind of dry a little bit in that season. I was feeling a little distant from God and it was obviously his fault you know, and, uh, 
And I was kind of like, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to tell me? He's like, well, why don't you get in the word? And I was like, (laughs) side note, uh, he speaks right here every day, morning, noon, and night. Every day, come on. You try to tell me you haven't heard from God? Uh, All right, that one's free. So I, I responded, smart alecky, and I said, all right, fine, well, let's learn about your law. How about some OT? How about some Leviticus, God? We're going to show me out of there. Don't do that, by the way, okay? Don't come at God. It's not smart, okay? He's like, sure. What do you want to learn? I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, what do you know? I said, I know the, old t- oh, the, the, the Ten Commandments. He goes, well, start there. So I was like, fine. I knew it was in Exodus 20, so I turned to Exodus 21. And I began to read. And I read this. Now these are the ordinances which you are to set before them. If you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve for six years. But on the seventh, he shall leave as a free man without payment. If he comes alone, he leaves alone. If he, has, if he is a husband of a wife, then his wife shall leave with him. And if his master, while he's in service, gives him a wife and she bears children, then the wife and the kids stay with the master and the dude leaves alone. And I was like, what is this? Probably like what you're feeling right now. What in the world? Slavery, don't agree with it, so no thanks. Uh, God, is this even the Bible? You know, what is this talking about? Why are you giving instructions about slavery, about this topic? It's so weird. Also, how come he doesn't get to take his wife? That's messed up. What kind of thing is this? I'm serious. I ask the same questions you're asking. I'm reading this. I'm going, what in the world? What gives, man? This is what he said to me. This is the exact question he asked me. He said, hey, Kyle, where are you? And immediately, I'm talking immediately in my spirit, in my mind, I knew he was not asking about location. He was asking about time. I told you, the Lord changed my life when I was 22, set me on a different path. And I told you, at this moment, I'm 29. He said, Kyle, it's been seven years. Thank you for your service. You're free to go. Yeah. If you feel that, that's what I felt. Kyle, thank you for your service. You've been faithful, not perfect, faithful, and I appreciate it. You are free to get out of here. Yeah, whoa. You're saying, I I, I was dumbfounded. I was like, what? What are you talking about? What is going on? What is going on? You know, like what? And, and then, and I'm like, what does this even mean? And I begin to reread immediately. Like, what, what are you saying? It's my seventh year, just my seventh year. I got to get out of here. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, you came in alone. So you leave alone. And I was like, what? He said, yeah, look, while we were together, you served me. I was a faithful master to you, and I even gave you a wife. It was my spirit. And the two of you together, you produce fruit, the fruit of the spirit. And you bore lots of things, miracles, healings, righteousness. You, you defeated sin. You defeated the enemy. It was all great. But guess what? That spirit and all that fruit, that belongs to me. It comes from me. And so it stays with me. And Kyle, thank you for your service. It's your seventh year. You're free to go. Y'all, it, that crushed me. 
and mess with me. And I, I thought, this has got to be a joke. What is going on? Is this really what this means? And, and I just, God, what are you saying? What if I don't want to go? Why would you send me away from your presence? Why would you, why would you deprive me of that? I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to stay with you. What, what do I do? What do I say? What can I do? And he goes, uh, keep reading. Look at this. But if that slave plainly says to his master, I love my master, I love my wife, I love my children, I will not leave as a free man, then his master shall bring him to God and he shall bring him to the doorpost and his master shall pierce his ear and mark him with an awl and he shall serve him forever. That's the answer. Y'all, I'm 29 years old. It's all kind of crashing down in my mind and I'm realizing that it, all it is again is just to give him my yes forever. He's not looking for a part-time deal. He wants the full thing. And I'm telling you right here, as I stand before you, I'm never going back. I belong to Jesus and I'm gonna belong to Jesus. Come what may. And I know that I put a target on my back from the enemy when I say things like that, but I'm telling you, this means that much to me because he's that real, he's that loving, he's that present, he desires me, he wants me, he needs me, and I know he chose me. And so I'm gonna stand in it. Look, man, I'm grateful, but I'm telling you, clap for you. Clap for you because you're willing to do the same thing. You're willing to say, you know what? I'm giving him my yes permanently. Because I know that's the only thing that will fill me up. That's the only thing that will change my life. It's the only thing that's worth living for. Do you know what Jesus said? I'm the door. I don't even get pierced to something random. I get pierced to him. I just wanna give you space, Jesus, just for a moment. Please plant your truth right here, right now. Plant it into our hearts, into our minds. You want us. You need us because you chose to. You chose to want to need us and use us for your kingdom. You have promised to send your presence with us so we don't go anywhere without you. Jesus. You didn't just give us salvation, you gave us the power to stay in it. The power to not only be filled up, but to be covered in such a way, insulated. Whatever you touch, Holy Spirit touches. Whatever you look at, it's through the lens of the Holy Spirit. Come on, do you want that in your life? Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.